And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Somehow i got to relate this to 2023. Make it your resolution to download it today. Make it the resolution that you will not break in 2023. Yeah. Yes. Right. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And if you can't listen live overnight to one of our great radio stations because you just don't work nights anymore or um, for undisclosed reasons. (laughs) Okay. That's very good. I like that. Undisclosed reasons. Well, then uh, you can listen when and where you want. Just keeping everybody updated on this story. A lot of people waking up and might have uh, heard about it, but uh, uh, this is the about the terrible incident that happened at the Monday night football game last night. Buffalo Bills safety Damar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest following a hit in Monday's uh, game against the Cincinnati Bengals, causing him to collapse on the field. The Bills said Hamlin's heartbeat was restored on the field and he was transferred to UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition, uh, the uh, team said in a statement. The incident happened uh, with 5.58 remaining in the first quarter. Uh, The Bengals were on their second drive of the game when quarterback Joe Burrow threw a pass to T. Higgins. Bill Safety Hamlin came over to make a tackle to end the play. Hamlin was on the ground for a while as he received CPR from the medical staff uh, on the ground before he was put into an ambulance. He was rushed to the University of City or Cincinnati uh, Medical Center. The NFL later announced it postponed the game between the Bills and the Bengals. Hamlin received immediate medical attention on the field by team and independent medical staff and local paramedics. He was then transported to a local hospital where he's in critical condition, the league said, in a statement, our thoughts are with uh, Demar and the Buffalo Bills. We will provide more information as it becomes uh, available. The NFL has been in constant communications with the NFL Players Association, uh, which is in agreement with postponing the game. The NFL Players Association released a statement 
the NF, NF, the National Football League Players Association, and everybody in our community is praying hard uh, for uh, Damar Hamlin. We have been in touch with the Bills and the Bengals players and with the NFL. The only thing that matters at this moment is Damar's health and well-being. NFL executive Troy Vincent said in a conference call with reporters he never has seen anything like it, and he had played uh, in the National Football League. Mm. Meanwhile, the story that uh, ESPN put out uh, that um, uh, said that the players were given five minutes to basically warm up to start the game again was absolutely false. Uh, Troy Vincent said, uh, number one, I've never seen anything like this since I've been playing. Uh, he said um, the decision-making process as medical staff worked on Hamlin and officials made the determination on what to do with the rest of the game. It was temporarily suspended in the first quarter. It was really about tomorrow and making sure, look, I've never seen anything like this. How do you resume playing when such a traumatic event occurs in front of you in real time? And that's the way that we were thinking about it. The commissioner and uh, I, Vincent, said the notion that players and coaches were given five minutes to warm up to get ready and play again was wrong. Frankly, there was no time period for the players to get warmed up. Frankly, the only thing that we asked was that the referee communicate with both head coaches to make sure they had the proper time inside the locker room to discuss what they felt like was best. So I'm not sure where that came from. Five-minute warm-up never crossed my mind personally. Uh, and I was the one that was communicating with the commissioner. We never, frankly, it never crossed our mind to talk about warming up to resume play. That's ridiculous. That's insensitive. And that's not a place that we should ever be in, end of quote. So there you go, because that was a lot of the controversy that was going on on Twitter yesterday. Right. And we had talked about it earlier on the show. You can listen You can listen uh, <laughs> later on to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't want to repeat the entire thing, but as we've said, the... Um, the the belief and and these are many journalists out there that you know we've got to be first on a story whether it's been verified or not and make absolute judgments on things that we don't know whether they're true or not right. that was in full blaze on social media right. yesterday right full right. Uh, everything from uh the NFL how you know heartless of them from something that they say we never did hmm. and then the other one was the uh, and whether it was Charlie Kirk, uh, you know, on the right, uh, who was implying that this was because uh, Hamlin took a COVID shot mm-hmm. to others who had said the because ex- that came from the right mm-hmm. that this you don't you don't have any damn idea how this happened. Yeah, there's no information yet. No information whatsoever. And it, there's there's this thing that exists, and I said it wasn't, we already talked about it, but it just ticks me off that, that people just, they get in, and this, this is where the narrative becomes more important than the truth. We're going to take a narrative, and then we're going to imply that it's the narrative. That's when even on the right, you go from a journalist or even somebody who says, well, look, I'm an opinion maker. No, you become a political activist. You're pushing a narrative without any evidence. 
If you wish to be opinionated on things that you know are the truth, fine. To insinuate that it's something where you have no idea and no evidence points to it whatsoever, that's completely and totally irresponsible. And I, I don't even know what, again, your goal would be. I have no idea what your goal would be Neither uh, do I. In, in that effort. Um, it's uh, for those that didn't see it. Uh, I didn't actually see the play. I woke up after it happened, but as it was described, Mar Hamlin actually got up after making that tackle. Yes, he did. And then was uh, apparently adjusting his face mask and took a couple of steps and then collapsed. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I've, I've seen the play and, and he got up quick. He jumped right, jumped right up, grabbed the face. You, and all of a sudden, boom, you might have thought that that he was, for a split second, faking. Because when he got up, he seemed so energetic that, oh, he's just kidding around. Right. You know, he fell back. But then when you see it, when he falls back, you, you, know, you see it a second time, you're like, oh, my God, something. Yeah, yeah. And the referees immediately knew something was wrong right. at that particular point. But the scenes of the the, the, the players from both teams. Yeah. And I will say, you know, initially from the Bills because they know him and play with him and practice with him every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the... Uh, the uh, the uh, the news and I saw where Josh Allen and uh, Joe Burrow, you know, I saw that picture where they were hugging, and then apparently Joe Burrow and some of the captains of the Cincinnati Bengals went into the Bills locker room, which I thought was a great thing to do. Yeah, and so uh, no further. The hospital said that they were going to give an update overnight. They didn't. Right. Uh, then right. they reversed it and said there will be right. no update. Right. So he is uh, sedated and uh, uh, but in critical condition. Mm-hmm. What that means, I don't know. Right. I've seen a bunch of uh, a, a different uh, uh, trauma doctors say that if you get, uh, in fact, one I saw interviewed by a Buffalo station who actually was on, because this was one of the things, too, well, there's not enough medical staff. And this doctor was saying, no, they're loaded with medical staff. Yeah, there, you mean at the game. At an NFL game, yeah. yeah. Right. He, said, he said, not only not only from the visiting team, but but the, uh, the, uh, the home team. Mm-hmm. You know they've got the best. They've got the best doctors there. I told you that uh, uh, Kevin Everett, when when he got hit, I was at that game mm-hmm. when when he got hit and he was temporarily paralyzed. But they saved his life on the field. Right. I remember the story of the doctor uh, who was uh, one of the Buffalo doctors who saved his life on you know on on the field. So you have, and not only that, no, no, they said you know, we've got it because I. I, th- I was coming in, I think it was CBS Sports was, you know, and they're, you know, talking about the fact that, you know, they need better medical. It's like, no, they, they've they got the medical staff there. And I didn't know this, but every Trump, you know, they have a, uh, when there's an NFL game, the closest hospital there, the, if they have a trauma unit, is on alert for mm. every NFL game. Mm. I didn't know that. Mm. And they were talking to somebody who was the chief doctor of an NFL team. Right and said no. They, the medical there is no problem when it comes to an NFL game with medical professionals being there to help. Right at yeah. that point. Right. So, uh, but yeah, just a hor- just a horrible thing to witness. And and I was like you, I was asleep, you know, because we especially the you know Sunday your Sunday night I mean, what it was actually Monday night, but Monday night being off for over a week me getting back into the sleep pattern, it's like there's no way I can watch the game because mm-hmm. I sleep till 10, but my sister's the one that woke me up. And and uh, 
uh, I always have, you know, her number, you know, it will ring. And so when I saw her, I thought something was up with my dad. You know, I was right. like, my dad was okay. And, mm-hmm. and she was telling me, like, what are you talking about? You know, what do you, what do you mean? And uh, so then I flicked on the TV. But that was probably 20, 25 minutes after it happened. And it was still shocking. I mean, it's very emotional yeah. to see the players, you know, the yeah. players' faces and their emotions. I can't imagine seeing it in real time. Yeah. That even had to be because you didn't know what was going on. When I saw it, I knew what had happened. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine just the, the horrifying. Abs- the hor- how horrifying it was. Yeah. Yeah. So we um we just we just hope he's okay. You know, yeah. hope he's okay. Absolutely. But, you know, there is oh, but some of the doctors said if you get if you get in there and and you get the the uh, the proper CPR mm-hmm. and what's it called? The uh, AED. Mm-hmm. The uh I forgot what it's called now, the automated uh, external defibrillator there. If mm-hmm. you if you get that and you do it effectively, uh, you can keep oxygen and blood going to the brain and give them oxygen at the same time. You can have tremendously great results out of it, as the one doctor had, had said. So Let's hope that is the case. Yeah, that's and again, these doctors are saying, you know, we're just telling you what can happen. Right. Because that's the one concern is that uh, – that I think that would be the concern, is the concern that, uh, uh, you know, nine, ten minutes of doing CPR, mm-hmm. your concern is oxygen to the brain at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. in our thoughts and prayers, that's about all you can do right now. The game really doesn't matter. Whether they make it up doesn't matter. The standings don't matter. Just hope, hope, just hoping and praying that he's okay. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Dim lights are an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. Get a full electrical system check if you notice your headlights getting dimmer or brighter. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Okay, two stories that uh, caught my eye over the last couple of days. All right. This headline about the show Yellowstone. Is Yellowstone a show about white grievance? <laughs> okay. And, by the way, it was in National Review, Rich Lowry, talking about the critics can only see race. So. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in a recent podcast about Yellowstone, Sam Saunders of New York Magazine said, Kevin Costner sets up an imagery of conservative white grievance without any of the negative baggage. <laughs> well, the the show hasn't concluded yet. It is a series, so we don't know what negative baggage there might be. His interviewee, New York Times columnist uh, Tracy McMillan uh, Cotton, agreed 
It is a white grievance that you can feel good about. She added that the context is a show in post-Trump America, the political backdrop of white grievance and white reclamation that we are undergoing, trying to claw back to sort of a mythical 40, 50 years ago when our systems worked better for white Americans than they did for non-white Americans. And then he puts in there, get that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. Oh. But, of course, it was always going to be that, right? I mean, you got to go. It, any any show that's a success, you've got to break it down immediately mm-hmm. as to why it's bigoted. <laughs> All right. And he writes, so uh, is the critique accurate? It is certainly true that the protagonist and anti-hero of the show, John Dutton, is white, the family patriarch and owner of the Rhode Island-sized Yellowstone Ranch in Montana, Dutton fights off hostile forces threatening his land empire through political subterfuge and murder. You know, the way all white people do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, what would they have said about Dallas in the day? Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, that's where I was going, is that uh, it is, the show hasn't concluded we don't know what baggage or justice may come about. And if you're watching the show, you know that's it. I mean, there's there's, there's a lot of murder on the show. It's how a lot of things are handled. It doesn't work that way in real life. As far as I know, maybe I'm not hanging around the right people i don't know and i guess the 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 point would be that whites wish to get back to the good whites today Mm -hmm. people of white color skin wish we could get back to the days when we could just murder to solve all of our problems right yes and and get away with it seemingly get away with it exactly in fact there's a there's a there's a moment in the latest episode if you're following along we won't spoil it for you but that actually tells you why they think they can get away with it. Okay. There actually is a bit of a reckoning in the, in the latest episode, which is one of my questions that I, I guess that I have with, with a number of, you know, popular shows that are out there and, and people are attracted to, you know, so you watch it and it's popular and, and it's like, okay, but what are the characters? Why, why are people, people drawn to the show and drawn to these certain characters? And in this case, it's it's not really a heroic character that he plays. It's, in my opinion, quite the opposite. Maybe I'm biased, <laughs> but I'm just I'm but, just not I'm but, just not pro murder. But, <laughs> but you, as a loyal you, as a lawyer viewer, are not watching it because you feel nostalgia for the days. When, uh, you know, the nostalgia for the days when a white man could murder. No. That's no. not why you're watching it. No, just, I'm, I'm just curious to see where they're going to go with it. How do you get out of it? Because eventually it has to come come back around. I mean, it's kind of the, um, the ending to a lot of uh, series where the, the, the main character is, as they describe, 
John Dutton here, uh, the anti-hero, really not the hero at all. You're kind of rooting for him, but are you really? Are you rooting for everything that he does? And we've seen that happen in, in popular shows. Breaking Bad is one example. And, yeah, you know, and Better Call Saul, the, the spinoff, uh, prequel. And all of those things, you know, that, you know, the shows, uh, the, the Sopranos, you know, you're kind of rooting for them, but are you really? And no, you're not setting something up to where, you know, I mean, maybe there are a few people out there that are, but I'm guessing most Lawful individuals look at it and say, well, they're probably not going to get away with that forever. I'm going to guess that probably wasn't the goal of Taylor Sheridan. I'm guessing. Yeah. Probably not the goal. Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. And you told me, speaking of Yellowstone, that my uh, my my buddy, what, they, wait, they... Do we want to say this? Or spoiler alert first. Oh, because it just happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. Okay, it was Got on it. a recent episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody who died. Yeah. That his character died. Yeah. And he's a friend of mine. Yeah. And so we'll say. Spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it, it wasn't murdered. Is it a semi big moment? The one person on the show that died, died. that wasn't murdered. <laughs> but he was white. <laughs> if 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 that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if that helps the uh the critics of uh yellowstone who see it as i'll say this too um taylor sheridan's other show which is also a prequel uh 1923 mm-hmm. on paramount plus so far pretty good in fact i like it better than 1883 and yellowstone so far um also, recent developments in that show <laughs> that I'm not going to talk about, um, but uh, it's absolutely worth a watch. Now, see, that's why I, when I talk about Yellowstone, I refer to you because yeah. I've never seen an episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and my friend who I cannot I mention would is in say it. <laughs> Yellowstone out of those three that I mentioned of the, the, that basically are kind of the sequence, you know, uh, 1883 and now 1923 and Yellowstone. The the problem I have with Yellowstone it's is at times it's too much like Dallas. It's too much like the uh primetime soap opera. And oh, okay. I that stuff doesn't appeal to me. I want to see you know the, the murder. The, I want <laughs> I want to see the ranch actually that, that stuff didn't make sense at all to me, but I want to see the ranch stuff. Right. Oh, okay. All right. And the land stuff. Um so uh they work in some more um, four sixes, which is a Texas ranch started by my third cousin, um, into the latest episode, 
And that was cool because they they Taylor Sheridan uh, is the principal owner of that ranch and businesses that basically make up that ranch now. And so they film out there in West Texas uh, for those scenes. Uh, Barry Corbin was in at least one episode last year. I haven't seen him yet this year. Of Yellowstone? Yeah. At the Four Sixes. He plays uh, uh, one of the guys out at the Four Sixes and uh, haven't seen uh, him yet this year. But he's also in, uh, what is it, the the um, uh, Tulsa King or, or the, the Stallone Taylor Sheridan oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Barry Corbin's in, in one scene. Is that Taylor Sheridan? That's Taylor Sheridan. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. That He pretty much writes every show on TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he do a Married with Children episode? Uh, I think he did all of them. Uh, so, uh, okay, I can I can reference this person now because what we were talking about was a while back, mm-hmm. it was a couple minutes back. Mm-hmm. I never felt so out of place when uh, I was at the Fort Worth Stock Show the one time. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, uh, Buck Taylor yeah, from Gunsmoke. Right. Uh, and a bunch of other shows that I can't mention because I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. He's in a lot of... <laughs> Recently mentioned shows. <laughs> Recently mentioned shows, exactly. <laughs> but there Hell was... Hell or High Water, by the way. The bank scene. Oh, the in, bank scene is the Also a Taylor Sheridan. Yes. Uh, and and one of the... Creation. And to me, the world's premier Western artist. Yeah. Right. I have some of his art in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, so I went to see my buddy Buck, and there he is, you know, talking to Barry Corbin. And they're dressed, you know, I've got... This is where, you know, I... I put on my cowboy costume. Right. Go to the stock show, put the cowboy hat on, yeah. put the cowboy boots on. Mm-hmm. I have like a sort of cowboy belt yeah. with a with a actually Fort Worth stock show WBAP belt buckle. Mm. Okay. That was given to me when I started working at our flagship station mm. back 20 almost 23 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh but and so I'm sort of dressed the part, but not like these guys. I mean, they're really, they're cowboys. You know, yeah. Buck, Buck Taylor, still, I'll see him in a couple of weeks at the show, and he still rides. Mm-hmm. I think he's broke his arm or something last year, was in a sling. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, from riding. You're in your 80s. It's yeah. like he doesn't care. Right. And, and But there I am sitting, talking to both of them, just going, I can't believe I'm sitting here. I mean, I'm talking Buck Taylor and Barry Corbin and seen Barry Corbin in so many different things. Barry you know, Corbin is really great in The Ranch on Netflix. He plays a ranch veterinarian. And he is funny. If funny, you, funny, funny. But if you didn't, you know, now Barry, there was the first time I ever met Barry Corbin. First mm-hmm. and only time. But Buck, mm-hmm. I've known for a long time. They're talking to each other, and if you just came up, you would think they might be in cowboy character. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm not. Well, no, that's not an insult. See, I mean, what you see is what you get. Yeah, what you see, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Which is, if you, uh, I'm guessing with Taylor Sheridan and the casting, um, because you'll notice that there is a common thread with all the Taylor Sheridan created shows that some of those actors show up on, and they cross over. The actors, and it's not always that they're crossing over uh, because uh, their part uh, requires that, but but the actor will show up in different roles 
on different Taylor Sheridan creations. And so you know that there is, you know, that affinity for those those people he's worked with before. And this goes back a couple of years ago, but when I went to to see Buck at the Fort Worth Stock Show and, and Rodeo, and I was like, hey, Buck, he goes, oh, wait. He's looking around. I go, what? He goes, oh, you just missed Taylor Sheridan. He was mm. just here. Mm. Like, oh, I wanted you two guys to meet. I'm like, yeah, well, go find him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can get me a role and get me out of work in this stupid overnight shift with air. Oh, I forgot I'm talking out loud here. Right. I? Oh, sorry. I thought it was, it was going in my mind. Uh, uh, and speaking of a real cowboy, I mean, this, this is, he's the real deal. Uh, he knows ranching, grew up ranching, uh, yeah. and can ride a cutting horse like nobody I've ever seen mean, and has done. I mean, Taylor? Show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, the thing, deal. though. They yeah. really, you think about those three, you think of Taylor Sheridan, you think of, Buck Taylor, you think of Barry Corbin, mm-hmm. they're actually really cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. Right. They're not fake. Right. Like I am. It's like, okay, let's dress up. Time to go to the stock show. I'll pretend yeah. I'm a cowboy today. Yeah. And you walk through and you're like, oh, I'm really not. He lost his uh, uh, top guy, top doctor out at four sixes uh, that, that is the top, his top horse guy recently and paid tribute to him at the end of a uh, recent episode, uh, Yellowstone episode. And um, when you look at the enormity of a uh, a a ranch like that and what it takes mm-hmm. uh, to run that, I don't know how many people work on that that particular ranch. And and Taylor Sheridan grew up ranching. You know, he knows he knows it up, down, sideways. You know, and then he's kind of brought that you know his Hollywood life basically and his ranching life together, and it's fascinating. Really is very talented people. You know, I, I realized the first time I ever saw Barry Corbin, there I really noticed him was in uh, Jackie Gleason's last movie, and I think Tom Hanks' second movie, Nothing mm-hmm. in Common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, great movie. and and he played he played the head of a he played the head of an airline. Barry mm-hmm. Corbin, mm-hmm. real jerk. Yeah. <laughs> His character was a real jerk. Yeah, but it, you noticed it. You went, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, and I know he was in stuff way before that, mm-hmm. but that's where I first really saw him, and he made an impact on me. And that I think was eighty four, eighty five, maybe maybe yeah. eighty six. Yeah. It was Jackie Gleason's last movie. Yeah, so and a great role he played in that one. Right. Imagine that. Imagine Tom Hanks. That was I think that was like the second or third movie he did. Was it? And yeah, you're right. playing with Jackie Gleason, Jackie Gleason's son. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. I yeah. Can't, can't imagine that would have intimidated me. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. I, I would only. I can only imagine. Well, you're the great one. I'm. I'm simply Tom Hanks that nobody knows yet. <laughs> right. I'm. I'm just waiting to be better. <laughs> and, and now it would be Jackie Gleason going. I'm acting with Tom Hanks. <laughs> mm, yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Yeah. So. Um, interesting. So yeah, there it is. Is there? The headline is Yellowstone, a show about white grievance, and everything has to be racism these days. So why not that? This is one of my favorite headlines when we were over the uh, weekend uh, from uh, John Nolte and Breitbart. New York Governor Kathy Hochul reverses course on telling rivals to move to Florida. Mm. Because they did. Because they did. (laughs) Mm, Bye. And many of them had money. And now your tax base is shrinking. And now you're saying, no, 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 don't move. Right. 
There it is. Kathy Hochul has reversed a call telling her political rivals to move to Florida. She is now sounding the alarm about her state's massive population loss. <laughs> Back in August during a campaign, uh, uh, during her campaign to win a full term, uh, after replacing Cuomo, uh, she told her political rivals to move to Florida. We're here to say that the heir of Trump and Lee Zeldin uh, uh, just uh, is over. Uh, just jump on a bus mm-hmm. and head down to Florida where you belong. Get out of town. Hochul said the Republican candidates do not represent our values. You're not New Yorkers. Remember, Cuomo did the same thing. Remember that? Yeah. And then remember right after that, come back. I'll make dinner for you. That was kind of <laughs> creepy, wasn't it? I'll make dinner for you. Exactly. We'll have some wine. Dude, you don't have to hit on the people. You just have to bring them back to your state. Uh, she sang a different uh, tune uh, after being sworn in on Sunday. The governor was expected to unveil a plan later this year uh, to build 800,000 units of new housing over the next decade. Said that the high housing and energy costs were making life just too damn hard for New Yorkers. She pledged to address the state's uh, years of population loss hmm. by creating jobs and in-state economic opportunities by having government, through central planning, plan the economy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, somebody had a great uh, article on, on uh, i got to find it. Oh, it just popped in my mind now about electric cars when I said central planning, about how that's the ultimate in government central planning. That's the ultimate. Oh, oh, sure. You want the ultimate in, in oh, government sure. communism, basically, in, in central planning, the central planning of a communist government? It's electric vehicles. No, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, great, a, great, that's a great point. Uh, because if you look at it, um, and it's funny, some, some of the uh, articles coming out and reviews, horrible wintertime reviews oh. of Teslas. And, uh, and so you look at that, and we've said, look, one of the problems is going to be um, you know, going forward, people are going to start to analyze more and more. You get out of the group that initially bought the Tesla to show their friends, right? All mm-hmm. right, look, I don't have to, uh, I don't, where I live, uh, uh, the recharging is not a problem, and I can use this as a status symbol. Now you get into the, well, okay, yeah, but it's winter time, and this is going to be my primary, if not only, vehicle. And I need it to be dependable. And so if you look at that that thought in central planning, well, yeah, look, you don't need to travel too far in your car. <laughs> we'll tell you how far you need to travel. <laughs> or think about this. Because of, because of how expensive we've made cars, uh, how expensive they are because we're making it so... The OEMs have to sell mm-hmm. electric vehicles yep. at a loss, mm-hmm. so we have to raise the cost of other vehicles. Mm-hmm. And electric vehicles are high to begin with. You can't afford two cars anymore, so you can only buy a vehicle that is dependable. And you can't. Maybe you can't afford one vehicle. Maybe oh. you just get onto that public transportation we've been screaming about forever. <sighs> it's going to be a good year. It is. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Interesting article that I uh, read in the Wall Street Journal when we were on vacation that talked about that the unfunded mandates right now about eighty uh, eighty trillion dollars. So really, what we owe is a hundred trillion. You know, that's yeah. it's not the thirty four whatever it is or the right. whatever it's. Uh, 31, 32, 33, because they, they had 34 for some reason. I don't know what figures they were looking at. But they said what we owe, and they said, you know, well, the criticism is, well, the unfunded mandates aren't debts. Well, we're not reversing them. Well, yeah, because we're you, not re- if you that implies that if you, if you don't count those, you won't have to, at some point, fund them, that you won't have to make those payments. In other words, um, it, it's like they believe you can just, well, stop that. You know, whatever, whichever mandate it is, whichever um, program it is, you can just stop doing it. And that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Right. So you owe it. So you owe it. Right. The payment is coming due. It's like utility bills. You're still going to owe those utility bills. Yeah, the lights are on today, but you still got to pay. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we're Red Eye Radio. You can listen to us everywhere. You can listen to us live overnight at one of our great radio stations. And if you can't do that because your shift has changed, as Eric said last hour, or for whatever reason, for undisclosed reasons, you can listen when and where uh, you want on our Red Eye Radio uh, app. Horrible incident yesterday in the, uh, the NFL uh, in the Monday night football game, Buffalo defensive back uh, Damar Hamlin uh, still in critical condition early this morning uh, after he suffered cardiac arrest on the field following a tackle hours earlier, leading to an indefinite postponement of the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. Uh, they stopped it in the first quarter when they will play again. No one knows. Uh Said the Bills in a statement late last night, DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field. You know, I, I said that uh, I, you know, back in, what was it? I forgot what year it was. It was 2010, maybe 2009, hmm. when uh, when I was, saw, uh, when I was at the, uh, it was the last NFL game I was at where Kevin, Ever, Kevin Everett of the Bills got hit and, and they saved his life on the field. Hmm. They saved his life on the field yesterday. Yeah. They said his heart stopped. Right. They saved his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he uh, suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit uh, in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field. He was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. The bill said in a statement he is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. <clears throat> it was, a, um, it was a, a horrific scene. Now, I was... Because, you know, of our, 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 when we work, uh, I was sleeping. My sister woke me up. Uh, and so I saw it probably 25 minutes to a half hour after it actually happened is, is when I actually saw it. And, and, you know, it, 
he went on for a significant period of time on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, it was ten minutes there, and then the players and you know uh, on the field for a significant period of time uh, afterwards. It was just it was it was horrifying. Uh, the uh, he was administered CPR on the field uh, while surrounded by teammates, some of them in tears as they shield him, shielded him from the public uh, view. Uh, he was hurt while tackling Bengals receiver T. Higgins on a what seemed like a pretty routine play. You know, it wasn't yeah. like you know you you look at you you talk about really hard hits on a football field or we've seen the hockey hits when somebody gets hit. Now, you know, it wasn't that kind of horrific hit at all. And but it did look like the shoulder went into his uh, went into his uh, his chest. So. Um, there has been really no update on his condition since last night. The hospital was said they were going to give an update at some point, and then they rescinded that, and the NFL said that there will be no update as to the condition of uh, of Hamlin or uh, about the postponement. So it was, uh, mm. like I said, just a horrific, uh, a horrific thing to happen. Uh, one of the controversies afterwards, by the time... By the time I turned on the TV and then went to social media, it was already out there, you know, how heartless of the NFL to say they have five minutes to warm up and then the game starts again. Troy Vincent of the NFL on a very, very late conference call said that never happened. Hmm. So that was ESPN apparently reported it, and then the NFL was getting pounded on social media. How heartless, how inhuman, and Troy Vincent said that never happened. They never even got to the point of talking about whether the game should resume or not. Right. They never right. got to that point. They were still analyzing what was going on. And the only thing they said is, you know, to the team, to the both, you know, to the both teams, you know, go back to your locker room and, you know, uh, whatever time you need to decide what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But he said, we never put out that the game was going to restart even because we knew how serious it was at that point. So mm. that's all we have really there has really been no update. Uh I know that the the uh the bills uh one story said all of the bills caught the charter plane back. Yeah. Uh other reports said a few of the bills Some stayed of at the, the hospital. Team members stayed yeah. uh at the hospital. That's what CNN <clears throat> is right. reporting as well. Buffalo um, News reported that they all came back, right? And the and Bills did too. So, so um, or the NFL did, right? And and so uh, we'll wait to see what the hospital can tell us, uh, which we assume will be later this morning, some kind of update, uh, and uh, as to the condition uh, of of Demar, mm-hmm. and 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 then beyond that is what you learn from something like this, and. Again, what was the cause of it, um, and then what will the NFL do going forward if they believe it's necessary? Uh, what happens then, you know, with with the game and the rest of the season and all of that? But nothing is mm-hmm. it, it, as important as the as as Demar's life, and that's what everybody right now is focused on and praying for. Uh, his charity, by the way, well over three million dollars raised. In the hours since it started, it's a GoFundMe uh, uh, toy drive charity that actually was 
uh, a from a toy drive in 2020. Right, and it was or it a, had a a, a a small goal, very small goal, yeah, like 2,500. And now uh, that that fund has grown to over yeah. three million. And it was for a local daycare, apparently yeah. in his town in Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. it's been. And you've seen the videos of him yeah. with the toys and taking those toys to 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 the children. And and you see the video of him uh, with his family members, you know, there at the game and, and oh, all that's this. Hard. And, that was heartbreaking, the, the, you know. the one where, you know, they, they were showing the video before the game of him, yeah. before the Cincinnati game last night, you mm-hmm. know, of mm-hmm. going up to his mom who was there, who went in the ambulance with him. Right. Uh, to the uh, you know uh, to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know Troy Aikman said, you know, there's never been anything like this in the NFL. And you go back and what I you know the ones I remember the Kevin Everett hit that I remember the Daryl Stingley hit. I remember that hit going back in the 1970s who played with the Patriots and mm-hmm. uh, you know he ended up being paralyzed. Uh, Kevin Everett actually recovered, uh, but it's horrendous when you're there and you see something like that because that was yeah. horrible when I when I saw that and. Uh, the uh, uh, Chuck Hughes from the Detroit Lions back in 71 who died late in a game. Right. Uh, but he was just running a route. He wasn't hit. The ball wasn't thrown to him, and apparently the play was over. He was jogging back and just fell over. He had heart disease and died at, at 28 years of age. So, um, uh, And they continued that game then. Uh, and then the only other one I can remember, but this happened afterwards, I mentioned the uh, Mac Lee Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just remember that so well because I remember as a kid seeing that a couple of days after the they had played. And again, they had played the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City played the Buffalo Bills, and Mac Lee Hill was a running back and got hurt uh, mm-hmm. and had knee surgery. Had gone back, I believe, to Kansas City. I thought I think he went back to Kansas City and, and got the uh, the surgery and died on the table. An aneurysm. You know, and so, but nothing, nothing like this. And, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of goodwill uh, shown uh, afterwards, uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And I know uh, the 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 players, I know Joe Burrows and other the other captains actually went into the locker room uh, of the, uh, the the bills. There were fans that gathered together from both teams outside the ho- the, uh, the, hospital the hospital afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So, um you just you know just keep them keep them in your thoughts and prayers because it was uh, it was it was pretty bad and and you know look there are terrible things that happen all the time but there are some things that we look at that we get together as a community you know you and I talked about this with football a long time ago when all the problems were going on yeah. and we said it's you know too bad because football is something that football is something that does bring sports in general brings people together it brings you know. It, it brings communities uh, uh, to uh, you know together. I've talked many times about the NFL charities. One of the things that that when was going on with the whole you know Black Lives Matter stuff is that the charities that they get involved with and the teams that get involved with each other and try to raise you know charities and it's even grown over the last few years with mm. teams you know helping out. And I like that part of it where it's like. And you saw it yesterday. You saw it yesterday with Cincinnati and Buffalo. It's more than just it's more than just the game and the competition. And you could see it afterwards with the you know the the uh, you know the, uh, the the great acts of kindness and compassion uh, from the Cincinnati fans. And I'm sure in Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills, it's really appreciated from them. Everybody knows I'm from Buffalo and a Bills fan. You know since mm-hmm. 
They've never won a championship. Uh, no, but but uh, it's um, it's only it is only a game. Yeah, it is and, only a game. And you know that that uh, that swing of emotion going from you know especially this late in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of energy at any NFL game uh, to uh, a very serious emotional state. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. A, it was a huge game because it's it, the 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 game will decide seating, which means who gets to play at home throughout the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is huge. Yeah, and it was huge for Cincinnati, huge for Buffalo, mm-hmm. huge for Kansas City right now, mm-hmm. and so to. Um, and and that disappeared. You just yep. you saw that as, disappeared as on should. social media. Yep. That disappeared immediately. Yep. It was like, whoa, yep, none of that. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, matter. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So. And and that I think is the example of what we have talked about over the years. That's what you see at a game is that people come together, mm-hmm. and most of the time it's that euphoria. You want to cheer on the same team. Uh, even friendly rivalries and everything else that go on, but it is that you everything is about the game. It's about the sport, and you set everything, anything else, and everything else aside. And then you saw it come together when this horrifying event took place. That everyone was concerned for Demar. Everyone. Didn't matter which team you were supporting. Didn't even matter if it wasn't one of those two teams playing. No, it wasn't. No. Yeah. You saw it on social media. Yeah. As it should be. You saw the bad on social media, people jumping mm-hmm. to conclusions about it, but you saw the good also. Yep. You saw a lot of the good. Yep. That's what prevailed. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye. After at least five years of annual growth in U.S. meat production... 2023 is looking like a year of contraction. But USDA's chief economist Seth Meyer says really the contraction's only happening in one type of meat. In fact... Pork, broilers, turkey, all up year over year in 23... But beef production actually down more than 2 billion pounds. Because the drought this past year left beef cattle producers with not enough pasture or hay to maintain all their animals over the winter, so they have been marketing more cattle than normal earlier than normal. And now the beef cattle herd is smaller than a year ago and getting smaller. And so Meyer says in 2023, the industry is going to be looking for things that might prompt a buildup of the cattle herd, some sign or other, namely, though, an easing of the drought and more available forage. That'll be one of the deciding factors. Right. Do you have forage conditions necessary to support a herd rebuild? A rebuilding process that could still take almost two years to show up as more beef production. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Crowley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, so what we have uh, today is uh, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four. Who knows how many votes for uh, Speaker of the House? I know they said if, well, if the first vote doesn't go through, they will hold a second vote. Uh, we will see what kind of deal is eventually made uh, between McCarthy and the uh, and the conservatives uh 
and see how long this actually goes. Well, I say we have a new process in the House, and we'll call it um, the Lord of the Flies process. Whoever holds the conch is the speaker. (laughs) (laughs) I say we'd go that route. Um, I, you know, uh, the problem, we saw this problem building back in December. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was so December 22. Um, and the, it, it, you know, the, the, the soft head count just didn't get there. And it was like, okay, yeah, well, no, it'll be there. It'll be fine. It's coming together. It's coming together. It's well, here's the difference is that the democratic party (laughs) made it seem like Nancy Pelosi was, was the greatest human to have ever lived and hold that position as she was exiting that role in December, they got it together to give her what was, I think, you know, probably went a little, maybe just a little too long, but that's fine. They did what they were going to do. I didn't have to pay attention to it. It wasn't any kind of real proceeding that led to anything. It was someone that, or a group of someone's paying tribute to Nancy. All right, fine. Then you, including John Boehner. Then you have the Republican Party, and they knew they were up against a tight vote. This is the time when you've got to show, look, there are a lot of things that we can disagree on as a party. But we're going to get this together and on the issues. This is where we're we're going to be as a party. Uh, This is going to be our leader, whether it's Kevin McCarthy or whoever it's going to be, Steve Scalise, whoever it was going to be. And... This is the direction we're headed in, and we absolutely are united as a party. And here we are on January 3rd, and it might take a minute to get that done, and it shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, personally, I don't care whether it's Scalise or McCarthy. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, it's whether It's whether you do what I want you to do, and exactly. I, don't know, I don't know what McCarthy will do, right. well, you know, whether he'll do the right thing. I don't know if Scalise will do what I wish him to do, even though I would have no problem with Scalise, Scalise whatsoever. Right. I don't care who's the Speaker of the I, House. I just care what, your, I care what your agenda is. Well, and I want, to, I want to see the party come to, you know, yes. it's, it's not the, the, I don't, it's not, I don't want to, it's, it's, I want to be careful how I phrase this because I don't want to say it. To, I want them to come together, not for the sake of coming together. I want them to be united on the issues that are very solid and laid out for them. And you don't have to do any heavy lifting on that. You can just, as a party, you can get around those issues, those handful of issues we've talked about, and you can say this is the direction we want to take. Because otherwise, you're going to come off as a party that has no direction, and you're going to come off as a group that is going to make it more difficult to Mm -hmm. win in 24. McCarthy's problem, uh, the as they call him, the the never Kevins, um, uh, which there are five. Mm. He can only afford to lose four. Right. Yep. Yep. So what, and and I don't know. I mean, look in politics, everything changes and that's why, you know, sure. Might might get it done in the first vote today. Maybe. Yeah. Talking to some people, you know, over vacation, go, well, what do you think is going to happen? I go, I don't know. It's, week week and a half away right it's a week away it's two days i don't know what's going on behind closed doors neither do you right the media is covering it there's the public 
There's the public statements. I don't know what the pro- I don't know what the private statements are. I don't know what is I don't know what is negotiable or what is not negotiable. Mm-hmm. And like I said, what I want because I think you and I agree with this. It's easy. It's the easiest. It's been easy for Republicans. Right. They just can't communicate effectively. Right. Because it's real easy. You take those uh, five six issues out there that the public absolutely agrees with you on you as a political party say everybody agree on these five issues yes all right i agree with it you agree with it here's what we're going to do (laughs) let's do it everything else we can fight about right yeah Yeah. but these five six things we all agree with that's what we'll we all agree with these things Mm -hmm. these things will get us elected we can fight about everything else right uh interesting note uh rand paul who's not even in the house of representatives has already voted no. <laughs> Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. One eight six six ninety Red Eye. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Tell everybody what you told me at the top of the hour. Uh, what did I say? What was that? Which one? Right. Which thing? Just about, you know, being on vacation, and normally you're not that okay. kind of a person I'm to say. I'm not the guy that, because that, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, I, I'm not the guy that's the the populist, uh, throw all the bums out. But but frankly, I think I've reached, it's not that I've just reached an age. It's just, I've, I've, I've just lost it, my tolerance for any of them. It is time to throw them all out. I don't even know what that means. I know legally you can't. Well, I guess we could impeach each and every one of them. Well, when you said that, it made me think of the the survey that was done, mm-hmm. the poll that was done yeah. that said it was like half of Americans believe we could have just as good of a Congress if we just randomly picked people to serve in those roles. No, I, I think that's I think that's true. Just randomly. You just go tap someone on the shoulder. You're it. And I think it should be like that, you know, a game of tag where you're you don't really want to be it. And then someone just comes up to you, oh you know, so this could be a new movie idea. What was the movie though? What was the one movie or they no, they made a few. Uh where they had you had one day where you could murder anybody you want. The, the purge, the, the purge. Yeah. Well, this would be like the 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 service purge, the public service purge, right? Where you you just go in and then you you show up and and all right, they all have to leave, but then any given person could be tagged, right? Tag, you're it. Oh no, yeah, I'm it. yeah. But I the, have to serve. But the purge was just about white grievance. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I guess so. To get well, back to way, the Yellowstone. This story. way, there wouldn't be any violence. It's just the, you know, the cumbersome activity of, you know, having to go and no, serve on Capitol I, Hill. I, I I laughed because uh, I didn't get to do a lot of what I wanted to do because a lot of what I was going to do was go back and see my family. And so those plans were gone and they were gone like this and boom, it's Christmas Eve. And so it's, I don't have a lot to do. And then the weather for the first couple of days wasn't great until I could start hitting golf balls later on last or later on 
last week. And so I watched a lot of TV. And I didn't have this outlet. And so when you said that, I related to it completely because I had such a low tolerance for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Political. If it didn't get to the point and and, and I couldn't vent about it, that I just kept building no, and building that, that and building and building. It was like, just shut up and get it done. <laughs> no, no, that was the problem. This is it, which is proof. And you said it to me during the break, but I'll repeat it here because I agree. Mm-hmm. It applies to me as well. I can't ever retire. Oh, I realize that I can't there, it's, retire it's, now. I no, can't. because I because I, I can't. It, it didn't take even in uh, you know the entire break. I was this way probably by <laughs> de- late December twenty third, late in the day on <laughs> December twenty third, which was actually our first day off, and. I'm like, you know, I can't even slow roll this thing. I tried with Christmas music. I tried, you know, with, you know, the, the, all the Christmas decorations and surroundings. And then I was just, you know, basically screaming, get off my lawn by the morning of Christmas Eve. And there was nobody on my lawn. Oh, well, well that, that's another thing. Hmm? <laughs> I just, I want to thank everybody in my subdivision for celebrating New Year's in every time zone in the continental United States because oh, at 11 yeah. o'clock, yeah. the fireworks were going off and woke me up. Right. At midnight, the fireworks were going up, go, you know, were, were being blown off and woke me up. At 1 o'clock and at 2 o'clock. It continued after 2 o'clock, but then we got to 3 and 4, and it was the speeding vehicles in my subdivision oh. that kept me up. Yeah. Wow. I, I, w- I went to sleep early because mm-hmm. I was tired. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any sleep. Yeah. I was I was dragging all New Year's Day, but I was a little bit better than your, you because on that the Thursday, mm. uh, I was trying to figure out whether I had, you know, whether my flight was going to be canceled. Right. And then my flight late Thursday was canceled. And so Friday it was like, oh, okay. What do I do? And then it was I was okay through Christmas Eve because I was very busy Christmas Eve, bunch mm-hmm. of things to do, and then Christmas. But then the twenty sixth on, I was as bored as you could be, and I just went. By the time it got to be yesterday, well, first off, you and I both had the same feeling. Whenever we're on vacation, I always think to myself after being off about five days, can I really go back and do all that? Yeah, and it's really yeah. tough to do that all the time. How do I do that? Is that me who does that, or is it somebody? I can't do that. Mm. <laughs> but then by the time it got to yesterday, I just was so ready to come back. It's like, please get me well, on the air again. You know, and, and there are a lot going on um, with, you know, in my personal life and, and things that, that uh, really take priority. And, and it was awesome to have that time off to be able to handle those things. But also it it helped to bring this intolerance for the stupidity <laughs> to the surface in a new way. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's not what life is. What are you people doing? What is going on here? What? Who left you in charge? And it was, it was more frustrating than it has been in the past. And I wondered, I thought to myself, you know, we... We quite often, because you and I uh, take that break, the last week of the year, mm-hmm. and a lot of people do. They take time off. 
uh, between Christmas and New Year's. And then we come back, and we all, you know, uh, get the coffee going. Got a new coffee pot, by the way. Got a brand new coffee maker, and it's it, it is it's really awesome. And I don't even drink a lot of coffee, but I bought it. Um, and we, you know, we we get back to our thing, and then we look back on certain things that, and we realize, whoa, that is not a priority. That that mm-hmm. is not as meaningful. And why were we doing that stupid stuff? You know, why why was anybody doing that? stupid stuff before and we kind of have that reset going into the new year yeah, yeah. and i i thought to myself <laughs> you know i wonder how many people are going right now going through that where they look at it and they prioritize the way that they should and then realize that there's way too much craziness going on right now to to tolerate lot you one of the things that i got in and, and this includes Republicans, is, to me, the childishness that exists out there, the childish mentality that, you know, not, you know, what I got from my dad, which was DTJ, get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you and I looked at uh, when, whenever, you know, we started observing DeSantis and said, oh, that's a John McNamara kind of guy. You know, mm-hmm. he seems to be, he promotes, mm-hmm. I want to get the job done, I want to get the job done, I want to get the job done. It's about getting the job done. It's not about power, it's not about... You know, even if you may be involved because politics is politics, even if you're involved in political revenge, whatever, it doesn't seem like you are. Right. Right. And and I just think that people are looking for that that imagery backed by the substance, even if part of it is even I'm not saying that political revenge doesn't exist right? Uh, it, and couldn't exist in a DeSantis. I'm just saying, you know, what is it the majority of what you are? What's the majority of what? And you look, for example... I'm just, I look at a McConnell. I'm done. Yeah. Go. Yeah. No, Go. seriously. So yeah. Stand, stand right. for, be clear and stand for a damn thing, would you please? Right. And I know. And he, if you're not going to, right. then, then move on. Then move on. And I know he's done good things. Mm-hmm. Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. The things that I, I like. But the last year, it's like, give it up. Yeah. Just stop it. You know, move on. But the other thing is, and that's the first thing I told you when you walked in, I said, I can't retire. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't turn into this person. Um, Because, and there's, and and it really is a venting that we're able to do here, and I'm grateful for that. Um, But it's an organized venting, right? It it, it helps me stay sane because I have to come in and, you know, in, in, in order to prepare for it. I've got to organize all that. <laughs> and I've got to understand why I'm screaming get no, off my lawn no. when there's no one on my lawn. But I, I have to understand, you know, I've got to, I've got to put some kind of purpose behind it, but, but I've got to have, uh, that reasoning and, and, and that's, that's really no, what it's about. No, that's a great point. The show forces, forces us to organize and not just be full of rage. Well, because I'm at the point of 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 throw the bums out, throw all the bums out. You have to organize. But now rage. I can tell you why, and that's yeah. part of the job. I, it's not just that I'm screaming throw all the. And by the way, there are a lot of. I might get to the age, and I'm sure I will. I'll get to the age when I don't care if you know why I'm saying. I don't even care if you know why. I don't even know if there is a why I'm screaming throw all the bums out. That's. It, I, but I and I've never engaged in the populist thing. I never really, no, I you know, don't. engaged in that at all. Um, it's just that, you know, it, my life has become so super busy and and detailed 
on a number of fronts with with all these things going on that it was like, okay, it's time to reorganize my mind because I've only got so much time to get all this in, right? And, of course, with the job being a priority, you you work to that end and you realize that I just realized that I don't have any tolerance or any time for the stupid behavior, some of the very stupid behavior of individuals, especially those holding public office. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, you know, that, look, if you lied on your resume, get out. I don't I don't care. Get out. You know, um, and, and by the way, that includes the president. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tell me where he hasn't lied. Want to make sure we, it's not just about I, Santos, oh. but it, no, it's. No, that's, well, no, that's. But but we have talked about that. The I same just, standard that we would right. have for a Democrat, right. yeah. I have for Santos. And I, you know, that's another thing. I mean, I just, I just. I don't get it. Republicans don't lie. Please just don't lie. But I, I just, there's no need for Republicans to lie about anything. Yeah. You don't need to lie. Right. Just promote those four or five issues that the vast majority of the population agrees with you on. Be willing to and, fight for those things. Right. And, exactly. And get out there with that passion right. and your resume. And, you have, know, okay, and, and, have, and have the passion of a political party to unite and right. talk and say, look, let's reason. We all agree on these things. Right. I don't care about the personality today. Is this personality, whether it's McCarthy or Scalise, whatever, are you going to do, do what needs to be done? Are you going to move us in this direction? Is that your goal? And are you going to do it? Yes. All right. That's all I care about. Right. Let's move forward in that direction. Exactly. I was also, like I was thinking, though, when I came in and told you I can't retire, and I was just imagining, okay, and here's Gary McNamara's retirement, and here's your gold watch, and, oh, it's you're not going to have to go through the daily hustle and bustle. You can sit and you can fish during the day. And when I said that to myself, I just thought to myself, I'd pull a gun out and start shooting the fish, you know. It's like, <laughs> it would bore me then. And? and? From what I've learned, that's illegal in most places. <laughs> so it would drive me to an illegal act. Now, fishing I can get on board with. Uh, not every day. No, I just couldn't do it. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, I had to have you say that because it was so funny when you said, I just finally said, just throw them all out. I became a populist for a couple of I, I, I just, and I, you know, and I've never been that. And it was almost all that. The entire time I was gone. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So the funniest thing in the show was analyzing our mindset over the last you know, 10, 11 days that we were gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's quit being stupid. Let's move on. It, it's, you know, the, uh, it, and, and more of that stupidity will play out today, quite likely in the House of Representatives as they go to, uh, choose a new speaker. Um, and it shouldn't, you know, the GOP had every opportunity to come together right after the election and say, Hey, um, we won the House and this is, these are the issues we care about, and that's what we're going to work for. And not talk about leadership at all. I mean, everybody knew it was going to be Kevin McCarthy, 
uh, that he was you know going to be the uh, top contender. That was, I, I think, a given. But if I think there were a greater effort to show that, look, however it goes today, I'm with you. Um, uh, or 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 if it turned out it was Steve Scalise or whatever, okay, fine. Still the same issue of a party coming together to say, these are the things we believe in. These are the things we want to change. Yeah, I don't care about it. It goes back to what we've always said. I don't care about the individual personalities no. or people involved in it. Right. I care about a political party that believes in a core set of issues, the issues that are most important to the American people. Right. And most important, uh, I believe, to the survival of the republic short and long term. Right. And all the other surrounding issues, you can argue about that. Go ahead. Right. But when you agree on all these things, we'll stop being children and get it done. Exactly. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.